You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 3, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. This podcast is powered by supporting partners One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas, another exciting show about resident engagement and a bunch of other things. We've got a good friend on the program today. We want to welcome Charles from Linked Senior. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, guys. It's great to see you. You know, Josh, you know, this whole year, it's like we haven't been able to go to our conferences. We haven't been able to see our friends like we're normally used to. And, uh, you know, Charles, it's great to see you. It's been a while. Um, I think the last time we were together was at an industry conference and we were having a mastermind dinner and you had your old people are cool swag and everybody was loving it. Uh, Josh has got his old people are cool shirt on this morning. And so we're representing. I'm really glad to be able to talk to you. It's cool to be here. So give some of our listeners that don't know you a bit of your background and how you got into senior living. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, probably the best way to say it is that I was never, I've never been scared of old people, right? So I was always super close to like older adults in my family and my life. And um, I was born and raised in France and I came to the U.S. Uh, in 2003 in Washington, D.C., where I live now, and uh, worked in consulting. And I happened to do my thesis on nursing homes uh, for the, at Georgetown. And um, so I'm spending a lot of time in these communities and realizing, one, you know, how much um, how much I like being with older adults, right? And, um, and also how much there was potential to improve the quality of their life. And that's how the first ideas of my company called Link Senior started. And that was, gosh, the very first idea was probably like in 2006, 2007. And then, yeah, kind of, you know, it's the thing where you put your finger and then the whole body goes in and then I sucked into it and I just love it. Yeah. Well, Charles, so, um, you know, thinking back, gosh, I've, I've known you since early on in my career, you know, over probably close to 14 years ago. Um, and we met at a conference for activity professionals, which many people in our industry may not know that there's this huge, very organized group of life engagement, life enrichment activity pros uh, that organize nationally in a conference. And that's where we met. I think you, you even recalled in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And so I became familiar with you and was intrigued uh, for a lot of reasons, but your thought leadership on resident engagement through technology, I can remember back then, Lucas, that was something that this is when Charles got involved in doing technology for resident engagement. It To me, it doesn't seem that long ago, but I can remember my first boss, my first mentor, this was back to give you a perspective when I remember saying, hey, you know what? I think our community should have a Facebook page. And <laughs> I remember my boss saying, that social media stuff will never go anywhere and <laughs> would not let me have a Facebook page. And then I meet Charles, a guy from France with a thick accent and brilliant and a redneck talking to uh, this guy, and he's telling me about all this 
technology he was doing. It, it was blowing my mind. But uh, since then, we've had a great friendship and seen your product evolve and serve the industry. And it's so awesome. But, you know, one of the things I also want to talk about is how you guys have really um, given back a lot to the industry and created some programs and things to um rally the industry around resident engagement. So for me, that started by jumping on the bandwagon with the old people are cool. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about why you started that, how that started. Yeah. So uh, thanks for sharing that background. You know, just like the what we're passionate about is what you said, which is resident engagement, right? We are a resident engagement company. And so some of it, some of what we do is, is technology, but it doesn't stop there at all, where we ultimately believe that um, at the deepest core, we believe that, you know, the pursuit of purpose, right, the ability to connect to meaning, we believe that that is a basic human right, right? So it's a basic human right to be able to connect to what is meaningful to you to find purpose every day. And I think that if you look at the older adults, especially residents in senior living, you know, what's missing for them together, right? To find purpose every day. And so, you know, you have these very passionate staff member that sign up for jobs where, you know, they're all about engaging the older adults, but then they're blocked because of different reasons. One, they use a lot of paper, hence the technology. Two, uh, you know, the, the job itself isn't really valued a lot. You, you know, it's changing now, which is good. But still, you, you still have a lot of organizations that don't truly value that position. And three, what's the biggest challenge for our industry? And, you know, I like to think one of the biggest challenges of our society, despite COVID right now, right, like generally speaking, is the fact that we truly don't respect the older at all enough. Um, you know, we are a society, and I say we, like I, I happen to be French, it's the same thing in France, so I'll just say we collectively. We don't value the older adults as much as we did in the past or other countries in the world. And, um, and I think there's a lot to be said that, like I like your T-shirt, of course, and we have these stickers, you know, in the end, old people are cool, um, but they're not better than anyone than anyone else, right? They are old. They're they're cool like anyone else, basically. Does that make sense? So in other words, it's an initiative that we started um, primarily to engage in conversation the same way you have when you walk around with your T-shirt and people born and say, hey, I like your T-shirt. Well, that is exactly the intention, which is to create connections, discussions, and maybe a little bit of friction and disruption on Yes, there are people like anyone else, hence they're cool like anyone else. Well, I've loved it. And again, I will say probably my most worn piece of swag and my (laughs) most commented on no matter where I am and no matter the age, young people, old people, everybody notices it. And it's such a great initiative. You know, one of the other cool things is... Um, it, it was a no-brainer for me when you guys started this because it was really a labor of love, not only to drive um, resident engagement and awareness and kind of change the perception of older people um, and how we view older people, but it was a give back. And I know when I started um, buying the swag, and I think even now, um, when people purchase these things, it goes towards 
um, you know, Alzheimer's Association and helping, um, you, you know, that cause. So, so what a cool thing. So take us now on, on a journey, you know, that started several years back. Take us through mm-hmm. where you guys have journeyed as we all have through this year 2020. It's been interesting. Most organizations have had major pivots, um, but there has been a massive focus, which is probably a great thing, a great outcome of um, a negative situation on resident engagement. And there's been this light cast on how much better we need to do as an industry on resident engagement. How have you guys responded to um, this year and what you do? Um, And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, It's been tough. Like, honestly, it's been, it's just been super tough. Um, So, you know, the background is a lot of our work, a lot of resident engagements work is about fighting social isolation. And, you know, we, we've known for years now that it actually is a bigger risk to healthy a- aging than obesity, obesity, right? We know also that social isolation is like, it can be as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So we've always known, you know, we were fighting against this. We've always known that, um, you know, there was a greater good as well. But then when COVID hit, obviously it changed a lot. And, um, and, and, um, I think people tend to forget that planet Earth, like humans in general, are just affected by COVID-19, right? Like everyone on Earth is affected. But probably the one thing that people don't really bear in mind is the fact that the one industry with with the education, like schools, but um, the one industry that's, that's really kind of disrupted the most is our industry, like the senior living industry. What we are going through as an industry is... Um, is um, is, is a huge challenge. And when it comes to resident engagement, it's probably one of the disciplines in that uh, industry right after infection control that is going through the deepest changes. You know, I can give you one figure where, where uh, mid right now, there's a report that just came out a week ago that says that 80% of residents have not had a visit from the outside since mid-March, right? 80%. Um, and so the, the degree of isolation is, is huge. And so what we've done at Link Senior when COVID hit mid-March, we were like, well, what can we do? Like, what can we do right now? Like, pause everything, stop, what can we do? And we started doing, t- we did two things that were, actually three, three things that were successful. Uh, one is we um, started thinking about how can we give our product for free? So we opened uh, most part of our platform uh, right at the end of, on, I remember actually, it was on March uh, 28th, and we allowed people to use most of the modules for free. And I remember talking with my CTO, and we were like, well, when do we end this? Like, you know, we're for profit. Like, we need to make money at one point. And he was like, listen, Charles, just don't worry about it. Just pick a happy date for people. And I was like, well, what's the happy date for Americans? Because I'm French. And he was like, well, happy date is July 4th. Like, that was mid-March, right? And so we were like, okay, take the product for free uh, until July 4th. Like we literally had no idea that this thing will carry on until even today, right? And so we did that and we had hundreds of providers sign up. So that was that was a cool way of, of uh, trying to help the industry. The second thing we did is that we, within our platform, allowed um, 
live performances. You know, so one of the biggest problem is that these communities are uh, isolated and blocked. And so through our platform, since July, we stream four events a day uh, for no additional fee. So like music performances, exercise, mindfulness. So that's, that's been cool. That's been really helpful. And I think that the thing that we're the most proud of is that we started a big initiative called Activities Strong, which is a little bit like Old People Are Cool in the idea that it's a platform to acknowledge, um, educate, and empower activity and life enrichment directors. And um, we were doing webinars before. We doubled the amount of webinars we do now. And we have anything from uh, six, seven to, you know, 1,100 people show up on these biweekly webinars. And uh, it's been fun. Yeah. So that's what we did. And that's what we're still doing, actually. What an amazing journey. So, Lucas, one thing I want us to just not – Charles just mentioned it very quickly and very humbly. Um, but one of the things that you and I have spoken about so much – throughout mm-hmm. the last six or eight months is how much our industry has come together in great ways from the partners like Charles to the industry, literally giving away what he makes a living for to help the industry during a tough time to keep the residents engaged, how providers, how the healthcare heroes, as we've talked about a lot, have risen above and beyond the norm so quickly. I mean, they've had to do this very quickly to try to keep the residents engaged. And so, you know, Lucas, I know you, you even in your day job, your, your business were at a point where, you know, you weren't allowed for a a short amount of time or or a few months to go into the communities uh, as there weren't really allowed any visitors. What's been your perspective on on seeing folks like Charles kind of rally around these providers? Yeah, it's so important. I mean, if you think about senior living right now, um, you know, one of the biggest value propositions is that it fights uh, social isolation. It is the answer. Uh, it's it's the cure for social isolation, and um, you know there's been so many months that uh, you know to Charles' earlier point, they just haven't had a visitor, and um, you know we're uh, from from my you know my day job, we are in communities, uh, you know, going through and doing doing work in a very very safe manner. We have zero interaction with the residents, but. Um, you know, there's just this sense that I feel as I walk through the job site in the areas that we're working. And I just have this kind of like, you know, pit in my stomach, just thinking, gosh, when are they going to be able to have their families back? When are they going to be able to see their loved ones and get back to a sense of, of interaction? Um, it's just months and months on end. So um, this conversation, I think, is uh, a very important one. So, Charles, maybe a couple other things as we start, you know, starting to round out the show a little bit. Um, but tell us, um, t- tell us a little bit about how you feel some positives. What are some positives that could come out of a um, what you know to the general public is a is a bad situation this this year? Lucas and I, we like to ask all of our guests this question because, you know, we, we feel like in tough times, um, 
our industry has risen to the challenge and there's been some cool things that have happened where there's some great stories, as we refer to as love stories that have happened in the industry of people going above and beyond. But is there anything as you're looking at the forecast of the future of senior housing that you think we will look back and you will say, you know what, that was a mark in the industry that things started changing and there were some good things that have come out of that. Is there anything that you can see like that? Uh, yeah, there's, there's tons. I could sit the whole day here talking about this. Um, yeah, um, you know, to Lucas' point, I think, you know, first things first, I think, I think one thing that's really, really true is how unfair the media in general has been with the industry, right? I think that's really important to, uh, to bear in mind. But on the other hand, there's been amazing uh, stories. You know, I'll just name them by their first name. But I know of two uh, corporate people when COVID hit late March and early April, COVID hit the communities hard in Illinois and Toronto. And so the names are Jennifer and Marion. And when COVID hit, you know, staff were like, I, I can't do this. I don't know what, what it is. I have older adults in my, in my house. And so they quit. And so both Jennifer and Marion, they uh, went and worked in these communities, you know, 20-hour shifts. And both of them contracted COVID, right? So you have these corporate people uh, that suddenly are taking kind of frontline job, kind of securing really safety for older adults. And I think that to Lucas' point, um, you know, our industry is about social isolation um, being better than the home setting for sure. And I think that these stories, you know, everybody's going to remember that, right? This is the work of heroes. And personally, I mean, apart from hospitals, I don't know any environments where you have so many of these stories where sometimes, you know, it's crazy to think about it, but sometimes it's even like the norm, right? And I find that just purely amazing. I, um, you know, there's something else I'll share, which is every two weeks with these webinars, we do surveys. So we collect a lot of data on like sentiment. And I can tell you one thing is 91% of activity and life enrichment directors believe that we're going to get out of this stronger, right? And I find that amazing because as tough as things are, and they truly, truly, I mean, I don't know, I haven't been in a community since March, but as truly, as, as tough as things are, they're all in there. Yeah, we're going to get out of this and it's going to be stronger. And I think I'll probably leave it with the last thing, which is I think that the one winner of this pandemic in our industry is going to be resident engagement uh, by far. And uh, I'm proud to be working with these people every day. It's an honor. And I can tell you that every single time I talk to them, I thank them for that. I thank them for their time. And I'll tell them how much it's an honor to, to be able to interact with them. That's so cool. Well, um, on the resident engagement topic here, yeah, I believe, and, and you explain it one more time to me and Lucas, but you guys have helped with sort of developing um, this tool that helps communities understand how they're doing as kind of a benchmark on resident engagement. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, with Activity Strong, this platform that we uh, we started in March, it it kind of grew into a very successful thing, right? Like a, just a platform. And and what we did is that we started partnering with uh, the NAP Association that you referenced to and other leaders. And one thing that we uh, that we know for a fact is that it, it's just very difficult to measure, 
engagement, right? Um, so you have multiple communities. What's the best? How do you measure? How do you support them? And so what we developed is the first of its kind um, self-assessment tool. So think of it maybe as, uh, you know, these IQ tests you have online. We just go in and and so um, the RICE, which is the Resident Engagement Index Score, is a 25-question free um, at, uh, assessment for organization to go in and assess themselves on how good they are at resident engagement. So one, they can create goals on areas of opportunities, but also celebrate success. And the whole idea is to give tools to the industry so they can benchmark and grow something that is going to grow, but uh, hopefully make it manageable for them with the end idea that, you know, when you measure things start to improve. So that's, uh, that's the goal. Oh, I love that, Lucas. Um, well, I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you, Charles. Sure. Um, if they're not already connected to you, connect with Linked Senior, connect with old people are cool, and connect mm -hmm. with your latest um, resident engagement platform that you've developed for the industry. Um, and I know, Lucas, we're going to connect Charles to all of our listeners in that way. Absolutely. To our listeners, thanks for taking time to spend with us and Charles. We'll definitely connect with uh, everybody in our show notes. Um, you guys are uh, have a great Facebook presence. I know that you're on Instagram as well. So we'll put all that in the show notes. Charles, thanks for your time today. Anytime. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Absolutely. And to all those people that we consider our heroes out there, just know that we're rooting for you. We're thinking about you and we're praying for you. Keep up the excellent work in this industry that you're doing. It really does matter. And thanks for everybody for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridge the Gap, the senior living podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So visit btgvoice.com for all things about the podcast. Powered by supporting partners, One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity.